to the Fit Fact King podcast, where we share the experiences of athletes, personal trainers, and health coaches. We talk about their struggles, mindset, habits, motivation, and most importantly, why they started. If you're looking to optimize your health, then this is the podcast for you. In a world of misinformation, get the facts about getting fit with your host, Amar Graywall. Hello and welcome to the brand new episode of the Fit Fact King. I was posting one day on my Instagram and then after posting, I just scrolled reels for 10-15 minutes and then I came across this Instagram account which was really interesting. I saw the results he's delivered to his clients and then I was so impressed, so like I should contact this guy and then I did and I am glad I did because we had a nice chat. I'm telling you, we just had a literally power session while to- recording this episode. He's won five powerlifting championships. He's competed in two bodybuilding competitions. The guy who can lift 650 pounds of deadlift. My God. Please welcome Jose from New York. Hello, Jose. Um, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Thank you. I'm glad uh, that you met. Yeah. Um, so let's just start with your, um, introduction. Can you introduce yourself? Um, well, I'm a personal trainer now, before I got into a full-time personal training, I used to work in supplement stores about 10 to 11 years. Um, my dream was to have my own supplement store with the gym, the juice bar, all the jazz all together. But after a while, I just saw that wasn't going anywhere. Then COVID hit. Um, When COVID hit, I was just pretty much just going from job to job, trying to find something to do. I was doing, uh, it was a food delivery service that I was hired in for the time being. Um, After that, kind of just fizzled out. That's when COVID was kind of finishing a little bit. Uh, Around August time, two people hit me up to start training Mm -hmm. and then pretty much just went with it. And then just started, started rolling with it. One person started hitting me up. Another one started hitting me up more online started so it just slowly started trickling on after that i'm about to have almost two years working for myself now doing this full time i just trusted myself uh, as everyone was telling me i had some pros along the way that i knew um good iv pros that i knew they just said once you start to do it it'll pretty much fall into itself the thing yes. is that you can't do it what i explained to everyone else you cannot do personal training or online coaching to try and make money even though yes you are working to get money. You don't want to do this as a quick scheme to get money. Exactly. Because all those years that I spent in the supplement stores, those were years me learning how to get from the person from point A to point B in an easier way. Exactly. And that's what, that's exactly what I do now as well. I keep it super simple and super easy. I don't try and give you these scientific terms or scientific ways to work out. You just got to keep the body moving and then just that's make it. sure you... So how long, how long you've been training for yourself? Myself, really, I started more around taking this more seriously around 20. I did my first show with an IV pro. I was around 18. Mm-hmm. After that, I kind of just fell off a little bit. Then I started getting back into it. That's when I started working more. I started telling myself I need to start looking the part. When I started working in the supplement store, I can't just be knowledgeable. I need to look the part. So I started working out a little bit more heavily. Then I started getting to powerlifting. I was mm-hmm. very big into powerlifting before I got into just bodybuilding. Okay. And then after that, um, spent from 21 till now I'm 29. All those years, pretty much just trying to learn a little bit more different ways to get the yep. body yep. in a better way. Yep. And I think um, the more you grow, the more you learn, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I'm still learning new stuff today. I got trained <laughs> by... Um, uh, you know, George Peterson, God rest his soul, uh, his coach, it, uh, he's a IFBB pro trainer. I've mm-hmm. been having problems training my back. The dude put me through a ridiculous workout. It took him an hour and a half, but the weights that he was making me use almost half of that weight is just his form and technique. Yep. It's he just strictness. I, was, I couldn't even believe it. I'm like, dude, on the T-bar row, I, I'm able to do five plates easily. Yeah. Squeeze flow. And he said, no, no, no. Just do it this way mm. and curve it back this way when you do it. I could only use two plates on it. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> yes. I said, this is nuts, bro. 
lap pull downs, lap pull downs. I could clip out 250 or 240 easy. He said, no, 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 put it down to 140. I said, for real? Looked at him. He was like, trust me. And then just stop here and then hold it for those two seconds. I was like, let me stop halfway. I had to stop halfway <laughs> and finish it. I'm like, Jesus. That's why whenever I train new people or whenever I'm even training myself, there's no, never a time you can learn yeah. nothing new. I think the problem is uh, it's not the weight. It's your, it's your tension of the muscle that makes it tired. Exactly what he told me. He said, dude, you're bodybuilding. You're not powerlifting anymore. And that's what I sometimes have in the back of my mind is the powerlifting is, oh, if I keep you lifting these heavier weights, like Dorian Yates comes to mind and things like that. He says, not everyone has Dorian Yates genetics and also the mentality. Yep. Like, I don't know if you follow Jordan Peters. No, I don't. But him, like I'll tell you right now, when you follow yep, yep. him, this dude throws around. He's big on progressive overload. Yeah, I tried doing all that, but your mind just starts to fizzle out very quick when you're just trying to hit PRs on that, and you can't yes. really control. So it's just that you're always able to learn something new every day. <laughs> oh yeah, of course. Um, so with when you finish, I mean, when you like, have you how many competitions you've competed in? Powerlifting, I've competed in five. I've gotten first place in all of them. Oh yeah, um, good. Yeah, my tops before I finished completely because I started just getting too hurt after a while. My last competition, I was 191 pounds. I squatted 600 pounds, deadlifted 650, but I got red lighted, so I ended up just lift, deadlifting 630. If I'm not mistaken, I forgot, and I benched 360, 360 that day. So after deadlift, that, I kind did of you say deadlift 650? Six, that was 650, but they kind of, it got caught in my pants. So they caught it as red light. Okay. But the, the other one before that one was 625, not 630, 625. Yep. And my press was 355, not 365. Now oh, that I'm remembering. That was, um, but then after that, I started just getting a lot of pains and niggles. Cause I, uh, that's when I was working in the supplement store and that's when I started getting to personal training and I wasn't really resting enough. So it wasn't giving enough time to recover in between. So I started getting hurt a little bit more, kind of started giving up a little bit on the powerlifting and then just started moving into just straight bodybuilding. Mm. Just more longevity. So tell me about this more. Um, when you were having these pains, um, what techniques did you use to like recover yourself? Is it just resting or? No, or it's just pretty much just uh, not putting a bandaid on the wound. Like, you know, when say my biggest one was my hamstring. I couldn't squat or do anything because my hamstring would give out under me. It was just learning a new way to squat and also building on my glutes because, yeah, I was squatting heavy, but I wasn't doing no posterior chain work like a lot of lunges or hip thrust or single leg deadlifts or things like that to kind of build up the hamstring. It was just pretty much the regular stuff, and I'll just do one or two accessory exercises like leg press, <laughs> Um, maybe some hack squats and leg ascensions, and then I'll leave. Okay. So I'm really working the whole entire muscle around there. But um, other injuries, like say my shoulder, that was just more again just me trying to lift heavy, heavy ass weight that I had no business doing, just because I wanted to reach a number. Because one week I got 110 pounds. Okay, next I have to at least get 110 pounds for 10 hmm. because I got it for eight. So again, chasing numbers as opposed to what these IFBB pros tell me just go in there and do the workout that you have to do and just feel it out. Cause not everyone has a basic schedule um, of just sitting around and then you pretty much get up and go train and you have all this time in the world to warm up and do what you have to do. And when you told me my competition series, um, my bodybuilding career, I just, I only done two shows. One, when I was 18, I got like last place. I forgot mm -hmm. how many people do how many guys were on there? I think there were 10 guys on stage. I got dead last. And fast forward to when I was 28, I got first place in the novice men and the open as well. I got first place. And then the overall I lost because those guys were huge. I was 170 pounds on stage. 117 or 170? 170. Oh, yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah, 170 pounds. Um, on and you stage. were the smallest? Yeah, <laughs> but I was, I was pretty complete. It's just those guys were really beefy. Like they had a lot of thick muscle. They weren't like shredded, but they had a lot of brown muscle to them and a lot of big bellies. And they already okay. did that show before. 
it was like a warm-up show for them. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know what a, before I did that show, I didn't know people would do a warm-up show and then the real show and then the big <laughs> show. I just went in there guns blazing. I've, I just, like, I've, I've been to the shows, but I've never competed, but I've been, because uh, my friend in India, um, he was a bodybuilder, like a couple of them were bodybuilders. So I've been with them on the, like with on in the shows, but I've never been on the stage. You, <laughs> you know, by uh, a few pro Bicky. Bicky, no. He's from, I'm not mistaken. He's in, he's from India too. He lives uh, around here. He trains in the Mecca. He has pretty good shape. That dude looks nasty. And I don't see that much Indian bodybuilders, but the some that are down there, they're big. Yeah. This this friend of mine, he he was Mr. Asia. Um, It's in, I'm talking, you know, 96, 97, 1996, 1997, around that time. So it must've been really, Oh, super old school. <laughs> oh, wow. I'm here thinking that he's current. Um, he's, he's not like, he's now teaching, he's now coaching in some gyms. Like, so he does judging in the competitions, but, mm. uh, of course he's still big, you know, and still, um, he's still like huge, but you know, still, uh, he, he's not that as much as shape he was that time. I mean, it's kind of hard to give up the lifestyle when you do a so Exactly. Bad. Yeah. Like even now I'm just relaxing before I get into a big cut. I just didn't, I didn't open up too much about it because my last competition, I started getting a little bit too, um, what's the word? Um, not cold feet. It's just so much people wanted me to win on how I looked. I just started getting too much into my head that I have to overwork and do more and do this and do that to the point that I ran myself into the ground. Oh, I had to work harder than the, than the next guy. I had to still keep working 11 hours a day because there's the guys that do construction and they do bodybuilding and that. Yep, so yep. again, the, the comparison game, I started getting, getting into that and I had to beat the next guy because this guy got his pro card. I should be able to get it. So I pretty much just beat myself into the ground. So this time around, I'm just kind of taking my time before I go and compete again. I just did blood work. Once I get my blood work back, yep. then I'll just go pretty much full throttle. And you'll see some picks here and there when I start getting shredded as well. And you'll be like, okay, oh, cool. he's going to be getting ready for something. I'm just, gonna, <laughs> I'm just not going to say what, but you're going to look at and be like, oh, the guy's I'll, I'll have a guess. I'll keep guessing. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> until, until we see, until we, uh, you put a, some post on this, you know, any competition post. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm one week out. I'll do that. Then everyone will be like, oh, shit. <laughs> like so we, because um, now you're training you know, something for achievement or anything. So any new person comes to you, um, I know now you do full-time this one. How do you plan their workouts? How do you plan? Like, I'm sure um, they will come to you. Do they ask you for the meals as well? Like, so can you? Well, some, whenever, most of them do the training weekly. Hmm. I give them a package if they train with me three times a week, then they get an automatically free diet plan. Mm-hmm just again, to kind of help them out, achieve things much more easily because yeah. sometimes trainers or other people that I see, you have to pay them an arm and a leg just to get the diet and then just a little bit of training. Yeah. Or you get sometimes bogus training where they'll stretch you out for 20 minutes, give you a quick battle rope workout where you sweat and are huffing and puffing for 20 minutes mm. and then back into stretching where you basically didn't do anything. But in your eyes, you feel like you did something. Trainer's eye, he knows or she knows they didn't make you do anything. So yeah, exactly. I like to help people as much as possible, but again, also helping my pockets as well. Cause I'm yes. not a money hungry person. It's just, I want to help as much people yeah, as I can. Because now you're doing full time. Of course, um, you want to put the food on the table as well. So you just can't really be yeah. doing charity. Yeah. So I pretty much just keep, I, my clientele mainly is 95% women. So same thing. All women want nice shape, Coke bottle, body, That's it. big butt nice legs. Yeah. And this is in these days, you know, everyone just wants to be this curvy body. Yeah. And that's what I pretty much give all the women if they do follow everything and I don't stop anyone from drinking, going out or whatever. Cause that's what everyone likes to do. None of these women, more lifestyle women, they just like to good, look good in their dress, jeans or whatever they're going to wear. Uh, yep. I keep it, I keep it pretty simple. I don't stop people from eating certain things. It just, I give them limitations. Well, not really limitations. I just teach them how to, portion control <clears throat> yeah. or just eating in general. Cause a lot of women or even, even men, 
they think to lose weight, you have to eat one or two times a day and kill yourself with cardio. I said, you put yourself more backwards than forward. If you do something like that, you're just exactly. going to bring yourself. So how many meals do you eat today? <laughs> just to ask. Oh, well, right, right now, I mean, I'm relaxing. I mean, I hate to say this, even though I'm on a podcast, like, <laughs> I'll, like I'll, eat, I'll eat like three or four bodybuilding meals and then I'll eat whatever meals after. Like what's two the, or three. What's, the what's that meal? Like a bodybuilding meal? What's that? Is it a huge steak? Regular, veggies? No, no. My regular, I'll eat regular breakfast, two packets of oatmeal, the packets, three or four, four, four whole eggs and a scoop of protein. My next meal will be two scoops of protein and some fats, like say peanut butter, olive oil. Yep, yep. My next meal will be another two scoops of, uh, two packets of oatmeal, a banana, peanut butter and protein reason why I do more shakes is because I'm on the gym floor and one thing I hate, I hate as a trainer thinking about it is when someone's on the gym floor or you're training someone and you're eating in their face while oh, you're yeah. telling them, <laughs> I'm like, my dude, what is, what is going yeah. on? Yeah. Um, and when I get home after I pick up my son from school, that's when I'll have say white rice, Yep. Uh, chicken and some greens and then my pre-workout meal which is like three or four hours later mm -hmm. i'll have a cream of rice meal with protein then when i get home i'll have chicken white rice or steak and white rice whatever i have okay and then the days that i don't train i pretty much just take out most of the carbs and just do a little bit of fats yep, that's yep. just me I things now like i said i'm just more relaxing and then when it comes to the weekends since i only take like five or six people a day I'll keep it pretty, I'll keep it pretty loose. That's when I'll take my girl out to go eat or I'll try out a new restaurant, even Sunday as well. I take the weekends to just relax because I don't really have anything forward planned to try yeah. and, you know, trying to stay in decent shape to keep letting more of my exactly. work. Yeah. So with, with, as you said, you've got like 10 to 11 people in a day. So according to like, so let's say as a, as a personal trainer, how's your day set it out from the morning to the night? Like what time do you get up? What do you do the first thing you get up until the end of the day? Well, sometimes it's, it, it varies because sometimes I'll train two people at once. So say my day usually starts, my first person that I'll train is at 9am. Mm -hmm. First I wake up, I bring steps into school. Then I come back home, get some meals together. So by the first client I'm there from 9am till 3 p.m. Then 3 p.m. I have to pick him up by 3.45 ish. I'm back home by four. Then an hour before I go into the next client, then I pack up some more food. Then I'm there on the floor again from five till 10 mm -hmm. p.m. Then I start my workout at 10.30, 10.45. And I'm done by 11.45, 12. I'm back home at 12.30. And then I'll go to sleep by one. Jeez, that's a long 1 day. 1 a.m. Yeah, 1 a.m. When you live in New York, you get kind of used to that type of lifestyle. Okay, yep, yep. My father, again, I'm, I'm going off on a little tangent, but my father and my mother, they don't sleep a lot. They're okay. 64, 64, 65. My mother and father still go to sleep at 2 in the morning and wake up at 6. Jesus. Or 1 in the morning and wake up at 6. Like that's nothing. the life of New York, is it? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. The city that doesn't sleep. Yeah. So that's literally I've heard about that. Ever, yeah. That's why I got to move to Australia. One of those. So I can catch a <laughs> then you relax by four, seven o'clock. You'll be in the bed, mate. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I sleep, I sleep nine 30. I sleep nine 30, wake up five o'clock every morning. But I tried, I tried that before. Just, I wake up tired. Yeah. It's funny. It's funny. Some people can't do it. It's, it's not every, not, not for everyone. You know, I have friend, uh, she's in UK and then she said, um, she can't sleep. Like, uh, she sleeps 11, 12 at night and then wakes up seven, seven thirty morning. She said like, I can't be the morning person. <laughs> um, with the, uh, as we just mentioned sleep, do you think it is important for, um, yes, yes, yes. And no, um, how do you say Cause I do, um, I don't want to make it seem like, um, I do take my power naps in between, like say I'll have a person from nine to 3 PM. If someone skips out on a session, um, and I do have to get say, say if I'm in contest prep, 
and someone skips out on a session, I'll get my little extra cardio done in 30 minutes and then I'll go to my car change and I'll take a quick 15 minute nap or okay. I'll just sit down for like 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. When I get recharge. home, I, yeah, just to, just to recharge. When I get home, <clears throat> after I pick up my steps from school, I have a break from four to four to four forty-five before I have to leave the, the gym. Right around that time, I'll either sit down or I'll put my head back for another 15, 20 minutes to recharge. Mm. And then I'm back to normal. Yep. It's just that you, that you start to find your ways, how you could just catch up on little power naps throughout the day. Exactly. And yeah. Work. Yeah. And the good thing is, you know, you don't have to sit all day. Yeah. You know, you can move around the body and then you can get a, I don't know, whenever you want, just get a, like, as you said, like power nap in the car, which is just a recharge button for your body. Mm -hmm. But definitely for people that aren't doing those things like that, I say sleep and recovery is more because that's the way I set up my training now. I train say three or four or three to five times a week, depending on how hard the workout was. I'll take off a day after, like say after legs. Mm -hmm. I don't usually train the day after legs because my body's okay. too, too shot. So that day I'll just take it to the cardio and ab day or cardio and just stretch out day to not have my body so beat up. So when you see me that I only sleep a little bit, I take into account my recovery as well. So if I'm still feeling a little bit beat up, you know, sometimes I'll put, you know, I'll pick up the big boy pants and be like, you know what? It doesn't mm. matter if you're tired, you just got to get it done. But if my body is really telling me when I'm doing my first couple of sets and I'm really not feeling nothing activate, I throw in the towel and then I'll be like, all right, I'll do this workout tomorrow. But I don't usually throw in the towel once I, or once you start, pretty much you feel that tired feeling and you start to pump up after mm. that, after like five or 10 minutes, your body's awake and ready to go. Yeah. I think body will give you the signs every single time it, it's not ready. Yeah, definitely. But most of the time I tell everyone, you know, try to at least get six to eight hours in whatever you need for your body to rest. But after a while you build up a tolerance and you will need to rest yes. so, so much. Cause again, this is not everyone's job. It is. If it was your job, then, you know, definitely get your eight hours every single day yep. and make sure that's a top priority to recover mm. the most. And there are people in the world, you know, whose, whose job is at night, you know, they, they just come in the morning, they get a few hours of sleep and then they're doing some normal things at home, which is, which needs to be done. They just can't let it go. Mm -hmm. And because they've got to go back to work again at night. So they only mm -hmm. get like three to four hours or five to four hours um, sleep in a day in the whole 24 hours. Yep. That was the same thing that uh, one of my coaches was saying. We were speaking on the phone. I said, oh, I'll lower down my clientele just a little bit so I could get more sleep. He was even telling me, he was like, nah, dude, just keep your same workflow and just, just work through it. That's the mm. worst thing is you could do is just, you would just literally be sitting down. And I agree with him like that. Um, just, I mean, when you are like two or three weeks out, then you want to lower it down a little bit. But other than that, I, that's what I did last time when I was cutting. Mm. I just can't work all the way straight through, but you just, he was telling me you learn to balance it out a little bit better when it comes to that time. That's what, that's why I was telling like when, when people, when they start to really want to cut or make progress in the gym, their body would follow once they want to progress. Mm. They might be tired for the first couple of weeks, but after that, your body will start craving the gains, especially once you start seeing the changes in the mirror. Yes. So with the cutting, um, what sort of things to be avoided um, in the, like for the eating or, you know, any, any drinks, especially when you're cutting? For cutting? Well, I'm a big believer, like, since I do a lot of macro stuff, I'm like, you could eat what you want, but I tell people keep it more bro food, if you want to call it. Yeah. I keep white potato, sweet potato, white rice, cream of rice, oatmeal for fats. I usually do coconut oil. Mm-hmm olive oil, almond butter, yep. uh, almonds, cashews, or proteins, any proteins, chicken, beef, uh, bison, which is basically in the beef family, salmon, tilapia, and whey isolate protein. <clears throat> in the beginning, when you're starting to cut, you could eat, you can get away with eating a little bit more things like eating, like say toast, like white toast, things yep, like yep. that. Because again, a carb is a carb, but when yes. you are getting leaner, you mm. do want to things that are more satiating. So that toast that you've been eating every morning and you've been dieting for say 12 or 13 weeks and you really are getting to the nitty gritty of calories to drop to like say extra eight pounds. Mm. Instead of eating that toast, you'd probably want to do 40 grams of 
oatmeal, cook it in the microwave two or three times with a lot of water, just so you get more volume. So it's just about, it's just more of a volume thing. It is. And that's why you see people that are more into cutting or into deeper cuts, um, deeper cuts, meaning cutting for a longer time for listeners that are watching is you see a lot of people bulk up their foods with salads or greens just so they can stay satiated throughout the day. And they don't have exactly. to think about the food that they're doing. And a big thing I tell a lot of my guys that have been cutting for a while, sugar-free jello mm-hmm. and walk. Okay. Sugar-free jello and walks. Yeah. Once you get that feeling of you're getting hungry, pop in two little things of sugar-free jello, which is like one gram of protein per, and go for like a 15, 20-minute walk outside, and you'll feel like nothing's even wrong. And drink okay. salsa water. Salsa water flavor, salsa water helps out. The big bubbles in there yep. helps that out a lot. Because the more you sit around when you're cutting, all you look to do is flipping through food channel on your, on your Instagram <laughs> or looking through stuff on Netflix. But now they have a whole bunch of food stuff on Netflix. Yes. They could just go through there and then you're just pretty much aimlessly thinking about food all day. But if you go to the mall, I got this one from Scott Stevenson way back when I was cutting. Mm-hmm. I got pretty shredded. Anytime I felt hungry or anything like that, I literally drove to, to the mall yep. or even go to the movies, watch a movie that I seen already. Get two or three of those jellos, walk around for a long, long time, sit down, watch the movie, or the same thing. I'll just go to the mall, walk around for an hour or two, and I'm like, oh, you know what? Shit, it's already nine o'clock. Let me go back home and then just go to sleep. That's it. Just, just, just a much distraction. Just, basically, you just got to distract yourself more. Don't yeah. try and sit around all day and feel bad for yourself, like, oh, I'm dieting or whatever. Just literally get up, drink a cup of coffee from Dunkin' Donuts, Starbucks, go for a walk. Uh, wherever you have to go to instead of driving so much. And the cut's pretty much over. Yeah. That's the, much the hard part. How long does the cut usually take for the um, standard person? Depend, if, they, if they're listening and doing what they have to do, because again, like I said, I let them, I tell them like they can go out with their friends or family or if they want to just get a drink by themselves, they can do that. But um, you just are changing up your diet for the day more accordingly. So instead of eating those carbs or those higher fats, we pretty much just take all that away yep. and just pretty much just do protein foods till they get to the end of the night and pretty much just have one free meal and then two or three drinks where they'll still be able to be around everyone and not seem like such a quote unquote bodybuilder or anything like that. They'll still be able to have a life, but usually 12, 12 weeks at most, that's when they can see big changes. Um, sometimes a little bit faster, eight weeks. Um, guys that really don't have the genetics, you know, cause a lot of guys, you, when you do train them, they don't have the genetics to make that muscle quickly with something taking say 20, 25 weeks to make some big changes, but a lot of them hold a lot of fat. So you have to push them a little harder and you mm-hmm. have to take into account what they do for work. Yep. So those guys have a, a guy that he does overnights. It takes him a little while longer. He's, it took him 30 weeks to drop. 20 pounds because he just holds a lot of fat because his sleep cycles day he's sleeping the next he has to pull three days of doubles oh, and then yeah. the next day sleep and then another four days of doubles so it's like balancing everything out so mm. it's like the only guy that usually has trouble cutting down but once he finds his rhythm like i said it pretty much starts to become night and day yeah i think that's with so the also with the, with the normal person so when they're, when they're losing weight, what, what do you think uh, is the main three key changes they can change in their habits or schedule, daily schedule to help them um, gain their goals, like achieve their goals? Drinking more water, yeah. one. That's the oh, main yeah. one because yeah, people yeah, stay very underhydrated. Yeah. Two, make sure that they are checking their digestion because a lot of people say, oh, I stay very bloated if I eat so-and-so making sure their digestive tract is on point and three eating an adequate amount of protein. Yeah. Because a lot of people under eat protein very, very largely. Yeah. They underestimate the power of protein. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Helps you stay more satiated and also helps you recover on top of eating carbs, but the protein really is the building blocks of everything. That's a, that's a good advice because um, some people think, I've seen people who just stop eating everything. They just, you know, go for like 20 hours fasting 
And then mm-hmm. they think like, uh, you know, they can lose weight, but they don't actually they want just to eat on uh, McDonald's or Dunkin' Donuts and Burger King and all that <laughs> in an eight hour time window and then expect to lose weight. And I'm like, dude, you just defeated the purpose of everything. In the past. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, with this pandemic, as you said, like, you know, you started with this um, thing, you started this journey with pandemic uh, when the pandemic hit. What do you think is the, is the most effective what could be the most effect of this pandemic on people or impact you can well, that say thing, the pandemic i'm not gonna lie pandemic i didn't do crap like yeah. literally nothing because i'm not i never grew up doing push-ups and pull-ups and workouts like that like i like going into the gym and lifting iron yep to get i mean everyone has different strokes for different folks as they say a nice thing that i've heard before you know so when people tell me like Oh yeah, you're so big, but what can you do with all that muscle? I like lifting weights, so that's what I'm gonna do with the muscle <laughs> yeah. that I have. Oh, but can you do can you do a thousand push-ups in twenty seconds? I'm like, no, because that's no. not what I <laughs> that doesn't work that way anyway. If I practice it like the way you guys do every day, then I'd be able to do it. So when I was in the gym, the COVID, you know, I took a lot of time to regroup my thoughts, change my mind of thinking, and take on a new hobby. I tried not to even about bodybuilding to be honest and i even wrote about that all through my instagram i took um a lot of days off and i wrote about how i took being playing the piano learning how to play the piano as a new hobby walking outside more and doing more things like that not really being focused on how i look or um that type of nature just being more physically fit just more healthier also paying attention to things that i ate started eating more fruits more you know say because a lot of people that are in bodybuilding or fitness saying you can't eat too much fruits because it's very high in sugar i just started eating more natural stuff more fruits more high fiber stuff and i stayed almost the same weight because also that when i was telling you the 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 job that i had delivering food i was doing twenty five thousand, almost thirty thousand steps a day because you have to walk a lot of stairs okay. and sometimes elevators broken you have to get the food to the person and they'll be in the 20th floor and say you'll have you'll have like 30 bags to bring in one building so you're going up and down up and down cardio (laughs) yeah basically so that's why i didn't have all didn't have energy to even want to do anything Mm. and when i came down to it i enjoyed all my food my mcdonald's burger kings and all that but after that and i started getting my opportunity back into training that's when i started slowly getting back into the habits of my old self of eating all the main foods that I needed to eat to recover. But not going to lie, it took me a while because once you kind of give up that type of structure, it it takes a long time, not a long time, but it takes a couple of weeks for your body to kick back into that. Yeah. But once you pretty much get on track with it, it's pretty much a a no brainer. How's your, how's your um, motivational speech for your clients? (laughs) Oh, there's no motivational speech. Like I don't, I tell people like all the time, like, Oh, I watch, I have people that watch these motivational speaking and mm. all that. I, I'm, I don't want to sound cocky, but I, I motivate myself and the things that <clears throat> how I've pushed myself. Cause nine times out of 10, the person that beats themselves is not the opponent. It's you who's, it's who you. beats yourself yep. up. You against Before, you. Yep. So that's exactly what all these motivational things are. If, if you persist and keep going and keep going and listen to yourself to keep going, but you don't listen to the devil behind your head and telling you that you can't or paying attention to those people that are always telling you, you can't do this and you can't do that is, hmm. you know, is what mainly stops you. So did you, did you have anyone growing up, um, any person, friend or relative or anything saying that words to you? Did you, that you can't, that you can't. Yeah. Um, no, not necessarily. Everyone um, was supportive, yeah? Not in the beginning, because they just pretty much laughed, saying that you want to do bodybuilding is just, like, weird. Because no yeah. one around me really does bodybuilding. Everyone yeah. just goes about their day. So yeah. that's why uh, when I went to college, before I went to college, I went for, like, say, three months. Mm-hmm. And I said, I don't want to do this. I want to work in a supplement store, and I want to have my supplement store. I told this to my mother and father. And they were like, I don't even know. They just literally just shook their head and said, I don't even know. Just <laughs> make sure it makes you money. Yeah. And I, I started I working. I think every parent like, is like that, isn't it? Make sure it does make you money because I think yeah. it's circled around money things. 
yeah, so that was when I was 18. And then now 11 years later, that's when I've started to make some sort of dividends yeah. on the <laughs> that I had before. So it took me 11 years. Yeah. So the same thing as, I don't know if you follow, you follow Gary Vee? Yeah, I was, yes, I've listened to yeah. him. You literally have to beat the horse till it's dead. <laughs> yeah. And that's what I tell everyone. You're not going to get what you want exactly. in three or four years. Unless if you're a genetic phenom and you look like a Phil Heath or a Jay Cutler or anything like that, and be taken if you don't look like that you got to beat the horse till it's dead and i still have some more growth to do is just the believing part once mm. you believe in yourself it all starts to to go yes but behind the scenes you still have to do the work yes. i'm still hiring new people oh what does this hypertrophy program do for you in this they sit down with me and they explain okay cool let me write different programs what does this <laughs> program do okay let me write a different one what is the, how do these macros compare to this? Or why do you do this with that? What, what about these drugs do this with this and this? Mm. And this and that. So I'm always trying to learn new ways on yeah. how to do it. Because when you get new clients, everyone's not going to be the same. Exactly. No one's going to the perfect genetic or the perfect output, or no one's going to work as hard as they should when they tell you. And you can pretty much, you know, those clients when they check in and they tell you, dude, I trust me. I did everything that I had to do. <laughs> Meanwhile, you know, you follow them on Instagram. They're here yeah. drinking eight shots yeah. and eating at three in the morning. I'm like, bro, trust me. I did everything I had to do. And then I'm like, yeah, yeah, I yeah, know. Yeah, I got that. <laughs> you know, so it's just, you just got to beat the horse till it's dead, basically. Yeah. How did you, how did you get a job in supplement store? Is it before you started your bodybuilding career or career or your after? No, that was, that was way before I started okay. working. At, you ever heard of a vitamin shop? Yeah. So it's like, it's like a basic GNC type of thing. Yep. Yep. That's where I first, that's where I first started to work. And I mean, what, that, what made you think you, you can work like, you know, some people, um, as a kid, uh, I've seen, you know, they want to go to just supermarket, you know, start some small job with the supermarket. How did the idea come to you to work in the supplement store? Well, that was uh, my friend. He was saying, oh, you should work in the supplement store. Well, the vitamin shop to start getting your feet wet to see if you really like it. Mm. At the time, that's when I started to learn how to, how to diet slowly. That's when I did my first show when I was 18. Mm -hmm. And then I stepped away from it. I just started, you know dirty bulking to try yeah. and get huge. <laughs> you know, I started eating everything in sight, but that's when I was with, you know, who factory move back is yep. him. I know mm. him since I was like 17, 17, mm. 18. He started, he had his own supplement store. Okay. After a while, you know, I started getting a little bit more in shape. I started looking the part a little bit. He said, Hey, I'm looking for a new worker. This person left. Mm. You're still working at a shop. I literally told him, I'll go quit tomorrow and I'll work here. <laughs> I'll quit tomorrow and I'll work here. He said, really? I said, yeah. <laughs> After that, the gentleman that he had working there, his name was Fadi Nazar. Literally, people thought I was like his nephew or something. We literally looked the same. He's oh, no. Arabic. He's Arabic and he's Arabic and Venezuelan. Yeah. I'm Dominican. Okay. So literally now, I look Arabic as hell because this is where I would be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I let my beard grow and everything grow. This dude taught me everything about supplements, okay. everything to the T, to the T. And that's why every time when people say, how'd you learn what you learn? Mm -hmm. I literally tell them I was 18. I learned everything from this guy. He told me how to read, how to sell, how to pitch, how to dissect a supplement, how to be able to diversify and sell this and sell that. Yep, so yep. those are all credentials that you build. What they try to teach you in school. I literally learned, learned it hands on from him. But the thing is that I was very shy before mm. compared to what I am now. You know, I could speak to anyone that I want, but I was very shy. And then I wasn't making enough sales. I knew how to explain the product, but I wasn't making enough sales because I was so shy. So back to the supplement things, he told me in a supplement store, you had to sell. And I'm like, yeah, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying. <laughs> and he's like, dude, I, you don't start selling. I have to give you the boot. And I'm like, bro. <laughs> Bro, I'll never forget this day. Never forget this day. So it's going on story. This is when I worst, first watched. Uh, this is a good movie for you to watch, or even if anyone else wants to watch it. This is, the, this is the only motivational thing that I've ever seen. Sometimes, you know, here and there where you're on yep, a prep, yep. and you get extra kick in the ass, you'll hear 
these motivational speeches, but this is the movie that pretty much just set my tone for myself when I was starting to really beat on my craft and how to sell more. It's called Two for Money, Al Pacino and Matthew McConaughey. Which he, one? I, I think I've seen this movie. What, what did yes. you say? Uh, two for the Money. Oh, Two for the Money. I think I've seen it. He's a, he's a big gambler dealer and all that. And then Al Pacino changes his name and yada, yada, yada. He makes it into this big star. So I took that same persona. I was watching this one with my older brother. I literally took the train that day, took the train back to work. I got there an extra hour early. I made sure to get there. Before I even entered the door, I literally called myself the dude's name from the movie. <laughs> I said, nobody's going to tell me I no. I love that. Nobody's going to this and nobody's going to that. His name was John Anthony. I called myself John Anthony for a year, a year. After that year, he said, dude, we're going to open up another shop in so-and-so spot. He said, now that you're pushing it, whatever, now we can start doing this and moving this and you'll be part of this store and you'll be able to move like that. So after that, then I pretty much just changed my name to my name. And I said, no one's going to tell me nowhere. No one's going to this. Whoever comes into the store is buying. That's who I put my up to so a big believer in whatever you put into your mind it's going to make it it's going to make it yes i started to get into a supplement store is just seeing how much these supplements and giving them simple advice can just help people would just come back and hey man that supplement stack that you gave me helped me drop 15 pounds in a month mm. oh i have better energy i'm able to do more work in and outside of the gym i feel healthy when i went to my doctor my blood work came back better so it wasn't even, again, it wasn't even the money thing. Yeah, yeah it was exactly. Sell, you know, water to a person that sells water. But it's just the simple fact on how good everyone felt whenever exactly. they kept in the supplements and how uh, what they saw in the mirror, they just started to love it. And they just started to keep persistent at it and keep persistent at it. And then they started bringing their friends and started to become more of like a culture they started to bring to the So what supplements would you would you recommend to the beginner like who's just starting it today? Super uh the super simple ones uh for fat loss ones I like carnitine CLA hmm. um again these are all bro ones yep. because uh, the CLA helps you break up the fatty tissue helps distribute it throughout the body and then when you mix it with the L carnitine you help use that body fat as energy mm. and pretty much getting that ergogenic effect. Then uh, protein, always protein for yeah, sure. Protein is like, I think the must one, isn't it? <clears throat> a good BCAs or EAAs, uh, mm. carb drink and some glutamine. Glutamine. I like to take it during the workout and in the morning just for better gut health as well. Cause a lot of people don't pay attention to their gut health either. Yeah. They do, yeah. They're starting off in yeah. the gym. <clears throat> So let's just say, what, what do you think is the biggest myth in this, uh, in this fitness industry? Hmm. That's a good one. Cause there's a, there's a, not, not a decent amount, um, that you have to pummel yourself into the ground to get, to get, to make muscles grow. Like yeah. you literally have to feel like crap. Like say if you did a leg day, mm. if you didn't leave the gym, well, having to walk in crutches or having to drag yourself out, <laughs> you didn't have a good leg day. Yeah. And I told people like, that's hocus pocus, not yeah. hocus pocus. In the beginning, you have to do that just to build more mental fortitude to really put yourself to that. But you don't have to slay your body where you're feeling like death and you have, you can't walk or sit on the toilet for six days properly. Mm. It's like a big thing or any type of workout. You don't have to be in the gym for, two hours or feel yeah, exactly, yeah. like death to make gains. Yeah. So in opposite to that, what did you think? I mean, what's your biggest strength in, in personal life or in fitness industry or as a bodybuilder or anyway, like in person, what's your biggest strength? Persistent. Okay. Persistent. That's a good one. I'm, pretty, I'm, yeah. pretty, I'm pretty persistent, making sure that everyone's on point. Uh, with everything. And like I said, I, I'm pretty persistent when I'm cutting or trying to get ready for a competition. But the thing, like I said before, what, what beats me is me. It's not even competition itself. It's just, if I was stay persistent on my goal and not let myself get too out of whack with too much different thoughts going on in my head, I'll be better bodybuilder, but work-wise I'm persistent in making sure that my clients get 
to their goals. Mine, I still got to work on myself on just being, just being honest, you know, to be a better bodybuilder, you have to be very persistent in your goal and not letting yourself get too over overwhelmed with these yeah. thoughts of not and do being you able expect to same thing from your clients as well? Uh, yes and no, but again, we're all human, you know, for the person that tells you that, Oh no, I'm perfect. And I don't have these doubts or whatever. They're a liar. <laughs> yeah, they are. <laughs> They're lying. Derek Jeter had his doubts and look at Jeter freaking hall of famer. He used to, he used to, he did an interview. He used to cry to his parents when he was in the triple A telling them, Oh, he can't make it. He can't this. And he can't yeah. that. His father straight told him subconscious and just, you know, do the damn thing. Yeah. You're freaking Jeter. Just do the damn thing. <laughs> you know, same thing. My dad used to tell me when I was in cooking school, I went to cooking school as well. I said, dad, I'd use call my parents, man, Mom, Dad, this is hard. I'm I'm cooking almost 120 different plates tonight. I think I'm gonna get home at like four or five in the morning. I I don't know if I could keep doing this. Dude, you signed up for it. Yeah, just do it. <laughs> come home. And I'm like, all right, fine. Does the same thing that you know, but it's just being being persistent with anything you do in and out of life. It's just being persistent. Exactly. And things like that. How do you track their results? Like, if um, so, any people training with you, how do you track them? Um, visually, visually. As, as okay. Weird as that sounds, because I I I used to work so much along factory. I used to pick up a lot of the way he used to do things. Mm. He had a huge, like, really good eye. He could literally be telling you, like, "No, I know you didn't eat so and so meal, and I know you missed this amount of cardio." I'm like, really. How the fuck can you do that? <laughs> because he's still holding fat here and here and here. And he says, dude, just tell me the truth. Did you do this? And also, all right, coach, you know what? I fucked up. I ate a little extra here. And he's like, look at the, look at the email. Look at the email. I'm like, oh shit. So I got accustomed to, to being able to tell the progress is how good you're eating and how good you're not. But I give a lot of these, <clears throat> the personal training clients, I give them more of a checklist diet, like making sure you have, three or four meals with for women, four to f four or a half, four to four and a half ounces of protein for guys, um, six to eight ounces a day, okay. three times a day carbs, try to keep it super simple with two or three meals and then fruits try to have two a day greens, try to have four a day make sure you have your vitamins from A through Z, the ones that I recommend and make sure to get in 10,000 steps. Once they start to do that and I see it's starting to make a change and they pretty much stall out, that's when I'll get like a little meal plan or macro thing to follow so they can keep progressing and keeping exactly. it fun. Yep. So now we come to the final question, which is I ask everyone, um, there's always a reason for doing anything, you know, in, in everyone's life, I think. What mm -hmm. was your main why? When did you think that you want to become what you are now like a personal trainer or a bodybuilder yeah, personal trainer bodybuilder anything where was your why to take this path to take this journey well in the beginning just like every other bodybuilder they wanted women to look at them you know i was a fat dude that didn't have any courage or anything like that to speak to anyone men or women because i was too shy but once uh get into it you pretty much just start to see and love the the determination it gives you, the willpower, the extra mental fortitude to just keep going and not giving up on yourself and just keep helping everyone around you. Because whether you uh, think it or not, when you post up these workouts, there's five or six other people that will DM you and telling them, dude, I love looking at your page because so-and-so. It makes me motivated to hit this. It makes me motivated to hit that. Or even yeah. when women do up, oh, I want to work with you because I see how these women are glowing or mm. how they're better. It's just the difference that you make in other people's life. That's what I started falling in love yeah. with. No when doubt. Like I've, I've seen the same thing. I've seen your results. Hence, um, I approached you because I'm like, oh, this, you know, he's probably have a good knowledge. You know, he's done it. Like he's doing it. He's helping people. He's getting results from other people. Of course, mm -hmm. you know, he's got knowledge. So, you know, that's why I approached you. So I'm glad I did. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it. appreciate it very much. But my big thing is just, I love seeing people win and see their goal physique happen or start to make strides toward it. 
whether they divert and diver in their paths to yeah. to the goal, mm. you know, it's, as long as they keep persistent, they get they get after it. And that's like my that's my favorite part about training people is just changing their mindset from being, oh man, I don't know if I could do this. I don't know if I could get <laughs> up. Yada. After yeah. eight weeks of doing this, they're like, bro, what's next? You could push me harder. I could yeah. take more. Exactly. Let's do this. And I, I tell them, I'm gonna say, you see how you're speaking to me now. Do you remember how much of a, of a punk ass you were speaking to me before? <laughs> Two months like, before. Oh, I know, I know. And also even seeing like people's posture change. They're walking up higher. They're walking with their chest out. Women walking with their chest up, you know, feeling yes. themselves, feeling good. That's, that's my favorite part is about helping people reach their goal physique. Exactly. Men and women, it's just helping them feel that type of glowing effect. Very nice. That was lovely. That was lovely, Jose. I loved you having here, like, lot of knowledge like i've learned a little bit too as well today and i'm sure um people will say the best way to contact you is instagram isn't it yes and yes, i will put it in the show notes of this um episode and then hopefully you'll get more um people knocking on your door i mean instagram yeah, I hope so, <laughs> I, hope so. <laughs> i appreciate it man thank you mate i know you're tired so I'll, oh no, I'll I'm not tired. I usually, uh, uh, around this time, I usually take this time to, uh, you know, me and my girl will just talk about our day. Oh, yeah, I'll, cool. I'll, I'll, I'm just, you know, making a meal and then, then calling it a night. <laughs> good, good. Thank you very much, mate. I really appreciated your time today. And then, um, of course, we'll be chatting on Instagram anyway. Sounds good, bro. Thank you for having me. Thank you, mate. See you later, bro. See you, mate. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Fit Fact King podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe and leaving a review helps others find the podcast. Join us next time as we get the facts about getting fit.